0: everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Pastor Josh here and with Carl again. Back, Carl. Back again. Back again. Yeah. Back again. So this week uh, we are taking a break from our Gospel According to Genesis series because uh, Marilyn Skinner from Watoto was with us on the weekend. And she, I think, brought up something very interesting. Uh, she kind of shared the story of her story about Watoto and just kind of how it all started getting, you know, uh, almost... You know, uh, attacked by twenty five uh, men while her gone, her uh, her husband was was away and her kids are home. Yeah, and just man. some some incredible stories. Yeah, yeah. But she touched on something that I thought was, I think, really pertinent to how people think about themselves in terms of the mission of God in the world. At one point, she talked about how Moses, before he ever did the whole take Israel out, had this moment with God in the desert. Uh, where God actually takes his rod and to show him that he can trust him, takes it, uh, infuses it with power and changes it into a snake and then tells him to pick it up again and it turns back into a rod. And that's the same rod that he um, parts the Red Sea with, taps rocks with, and there's water that comes out. I mean, she says at that particular point in the sermon that... Is God utilizing Moses' vocation, infusing it with power so that he can be effective for God's purposes? Hmm. And I thought that was one of the most powerful statements uh, that she made in the whole sermon. You know, she talked about then how somebody who is a doctor to use what God has given them, their vocation, let him infuse it with power to use it for his purposes. Uh, You know, whether it was a cleaner or whether it was. Uh, you know, an artist or whatever—that uh, that is how people actually ascertain their purpose and their function when it comes to mission is when they allow God to u- utilize what they have in their hands to see amazing things happen. And I think that's probably one of the most underrated thoughts in the church today. Hmm. What do you
1: think? I mean, I I think for one, it 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 frees a lot of us up from having to feel like what we do isn't good enough or isn't, isn't contributing enough to the, to the kingdom. I think that would, I mean, it's pretty liberating. So we can do the things that have stirred in us, the things that we love, the things that, you know, the, how we express ourselves can. So, I mean, I think that would, that'd be pretty great. Um, and I think it makes sense. I think the big my my big question though, in all of that is so. What does that look like? Yeah. Does that mean we 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 like we have the the four spiritual law you know tracked in our in our pocket and and we pull it out when we're you know, as a doctor we hand it to our patients or is it? So obviously, yeah. I mean, as an artist, it's easier to infuse some of those things into what people would would get from me. But how does a doctor do that?
0: Yeah. I, so for me, the thing that got got my juices flowing when she was talking was the idea of the Great Commission. Hmm. Like Jesus, when he says, go and make disciples, I mean, the, the 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 Greek verbiage for go is in your going. Like as you're doing, as you're living life, as you're, you know, uh, doing your vocation, make disciples. And it's always, I think the thing problem is we always frame making disciples in the context of like uh, ministry, ministry, hmm. In, yeah. the, in the traditional sense right so uh, for me growing up it was you can't do anything big for Jesus unless you're a pastor or a missionary right and show those people honor because look at they're just they're basically laying down their whole lives to do this they're a better Christian they're a be- they're more spiritual <laughs> than you like I remember even in my uh, at my home church moved, so Halifax has like three major Canadian universities there uh, and we were we're almost downtown. And multicultural, all that other stuff. And I remember in August, the pastor would always call up not the people that were going to university in the city, the people going to Bible college. And and he would say, we need to pray for these kids. They're going to Bible college. It's, It's amazing and good. And these people are going to change the world. Meanwhile... There's people sitting in the pews that are in law degrees, that are in you know medical degrees, that are doing engineering, people that are doing vocational practices, yeah, uh, that are actually interacting with people that I as a pastor would never interact with, and for some reason we've demeaned that mm. or demeaned them. It's 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 not an intentional demeaning, I don't think, but uh, it's almost it was this elevation point of man, look, these people are actually preaching the word yeah. to people, um, and I thought I think that that did a lot of damage because it took away the joy of, hey, in your going, share your faith with people, love people, care for them, um, let them know you know wh- where you stand and what you're about in the middle of all of the stuff that you're doing. That's the point of in your going. So for a doctor, I mean, it's weird to have, I mean, the track thing, it is, I, think, <laughs> I think you have to be sensitive to culture oh, as well, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you're you're very sensitive to culture. Uh, so for you, as uh, when you're doing a commercial job, for example, like you're doing currently, yeah. Um, how does that look like for you in your going to actually make disciples?
1: I mean, I think it's a great question, and it's something that I've sort of, you know, not changed opinions on, but trying to find the sweet spot because. I mean, I think as, as Christians, again, the, the tendency is towards like a legalistic approach to it or a checklist. Okay. I need, by the time, you know, the month is out, I need to talk to 10 people. Right. And if I don't talk to 10 people, then I have failed at the great commission. Right. So, you know, I think for me, the, the big question is, is well then, but what if, what if I don't talk to anyone in a month, then is that maybe that's failing. Right. If I, like, so for me, I feel like it's hard because in, in my mind, I look at it as a, as a quantifiable thing, whether I'm succeeding or not in my great commission. Um, and so obviously for me right now, I feel like uh, people looking on at me should see something different. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I know I've had that said to me before mm-hmm. that there is something different about me. And to me, that would be a win but um but I think I think that sometimes I just wonder if we know or we will know until until we get to to heaven what we'll know what the going actually looks like right, and is that okay, or should we be able to you know you know run down the list of ways that we've lived it out in the last
0: month but but don't you think the way that we have created in your going, uh, the great commission, getting somebody to say the sinner's prayer is very, is, isn't a very Americanized evangelical construct, like nowhere in the new Testament text, are they telling people you have to pray this prayer after me nowhere in the new Testament text? Is it, uh, like in the first 10 chapters of, uh, of acts, for example, like you see all these spaces of signs and wonders. Uh, and it's really all it is is attractional ministry to get people to come to where folks are um, mm-hmm. and then they share Jesus and if, you know, you want to follow then you literally start following the disciples. Yeah. Um, I mean, the culture is very different and Canadians, I, I, what I find with Canadians is we have to be ready for long-term investment and in relationship because Canadians are so much more um, hands-off yeah. and I don't know if you find this but I think Canada has its own gospel. Tell me more. I think the Canadian gospel is, I'm a good person. Mm. Right, on average. Yeah. Most Canadians are like, ah, well, I, I pay my taxes. You know, I, I, I'm not you know screaming at people all the time. I didn't murder anybody. I'm a good person. And if you're a good person, God would never, ever have anything bad to say about you. You're just gonna go to heaven, you're gonna get some jewels, it's gonna be great. Right, like, and and for me as a pastor, I see it even in the way that you know uh, funerals happen for folks. So when I do funerals for people that are outside of the Christian faith, it's it's always about they yeah. were a good person, right. they're in a better place.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, and obviously, that makes uh, our job harder. Obviously, sure. because uh, I mean, and I don't know if you have this experience, but it's true, and. A lot of times, those people are better people than some of the Christians we know. Sure. <laughs> absolutely, uh, myself included, I'm sure. But um, so, yeah, when you're when you're definitely dealing with that, it, the showing the need for something is difficult, because especially like I mean, growing up for me, I grew up in a real legalistic situation where, like, actually we, we only read one version of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking, oh my goodness, never mind that. Um, I I mean even christian rock music was like so for that you know in those in those times it was very easy to quantify if you were in or where you're out um and now i don't think it's that easy and i and even in the last year or so been thinking i who am i to say that where they are is right or wrong Mm -hmm. now that's a problem that i that's where i'm i mean i guess i leave that up to god and i just do my thing Mm -hmm. but um but I feel like, again, the part, the part of me wants to be like, okay, I feel like I've done my job, mm-hmm. but if I don't see results or I don't, you know, make that conversion, right. then... I'm a failure almost. It feels like it.
0: And this is where, for me, Paul's words about uh, growth have really helped me over the years, right? Like he says, for some, it's about seeding. Others, it's about watering. And ultimately, it's God that brings the growth. And I think like, for, for example, like even so, I, so I, I'm, I'm rocking a pretty nice haircut right now. I agree. So my barber is one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Like he is, he's this, he's so talented at what he does. Mm. And yesterday he had, I was, he was, you know, washing out all the junk out of my hair or whatever. And says to me, hey, I had a guy that came in and he said, asked me, do you know Josh Singh? And, uh, and, and he said, well, yeah, I, you know, he's a guy I cut his hair for. And the guy said, well, oh, he, he's the pastor that, that did uh, a wedding for one of my buddies. Cause I'm on his, uh, on Instagram page, Seth Lupar. Go, go check him out. Okay. okay. Hashtag, yeah. Or hmm. at Seth Lupar. <laughs> High noon barbers. And, uh, and he said, I was shocked, man. He's like, I didn't know you were a pastor. He's like, you just got good energy. Because pastors should does right? good energy, but like, yet. but that's the perception <laughs> yeah. I think is if if you're involved in any kind of church, if you're a spiritual person, the cultural perception right now is, Ugh, here's yeah. all of the things that yeah. you you're you're uh, you're against. Yes. Here are all the things that you are involved with. I'm not about that. Yeah. Uh. You know. And and I know the language of energy is very um, uh, feels new agey to some people. Maybe listening. But for for millennials especially, the idea of energy—that's uh, how they—that's how they can actually sense. I think like it, it's their description of whether or not there's a good um, sense about a person, mm-hmm. essentially, right? And so for me, I, you know, some people might be listening and think, well, it's upsetting that he didn't know you're a pastor. You should have been t- you should have been talking to him the whole way through that you're a pastor. Uh, I just think for me, especially that conversation ends things really quickly Mm. and it doesn't allow people to actually get to know me. And so I think I actually have a harder time getting into people's lives than somebody who is an artist or somebody who is a doctor or somebody who is, you know, an insurance broker or whatever, uh, because the opportunities that you have right off the cuff without having all of the baggage of what, you know, the, what's going on in the Catholic church right now with priests and all Mm. of the bad things that happened with, you know, televangelists in the past. Yeah. You I think, I think there's more opportunity for people to be on mission where they are and people like me don't actually say that more.
1: Sure. So here's a question. Um, If, I mean, not that we are grading other Christians or whatever, but how do we, how do we know when we're in that? in the right zone. We're not, we're, you know, we're doing, not doing too little or not being overly, sure. I mean, cause again, you could look at anyone in any situation and sure. go like, well, they just gotta do their thing. Yeah. And then is that, I mean, is that the way to approach it? Or do we do we just worry about ourselves? Yeah. Um, and then even then that's what I don't know. If, if I'm only in charge of yeah. my own space, then how do I, yeah. how does anyone challenge me? How does anyone um, encourage me to grow? If it's purely just well, whatever God's doing in your life is fine. How how would I challenge you in those ways?
0: Well, I I think there's fruitful. I think there there is parts of it that are about fruitfulness, Mm. right? Like again, the spiritual life is about progression. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. Right? Like I I think if if all you ever do is just so so there was this quote I don't know several years ago that just drove me crazy uh you know uh preach the gospel and if necessary use words right saint francis of assisi right well he he never said that <laughs> <laughs> it's he never true, said yeah, like yeah. if anybody knows anything about saint francis of assisi he was one of the most voracious preachers uh of his time yeah like the encouragements he would give to all of the folks that he was leading in terms of preaching was always about like just preach just go and preach and i mean he's talking with the monks he's talking to people that that have vocational realities of of full-time vocational ministry but i think the reality there has to be a combination of the two Mm -hmm. i think there has to be a life lived where people are attracted to who you are as an individual person like there are integral point integrity points there are uh spaces where you will do what is right even when it's difficult like Mm -hmm there has to be respectability. There has to be uh, an attractiveness to your life so that when people ask you things like, well, what's different about you? Mm-hmm. You don't just say, I got good energy, <laughs> right? Like you can actually be like, yeah. hey, no, like for me, the difference is Jesus. Yeah. You know, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. Here's what he's done. And it doesn't have to go into the point of, hey, uh, you need to say the sinner pr- sinner's prayer with me. And, and here's why I think that that, um, although it was a good methodology for years, mm-hmm. Um, I think now the better is to just throw yourself on God's sovereignty. Like he ultimately, somebody saying yes to Jesus is God doing it.
1: It's not you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think your responsibility is an acts one, eight, like be a witness, share the story of Jesus, wherever you go with whoever you're with, let it be very, Relevant to your life and how it's actually affecting you, how it's challenging you, but the idea that you have you are the one that closes the deal yeah. is actually unbiblical. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's speaking of being
1: yeah, liberating. That that's very freeing to know that that's not that's not our job, and that takes that checklist off of how many how many conversions have I had this month? Um, because again. <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think that makes a lot of sense and um and again it's it's messier it's hard you can't you know it's it's hard it's hard to you can't put that in a tract you you can't you know all that and so you know obviously that's not the easy answer but but it's actually still quite freeing i think
0: well i think for for people like you and i like so even on on the business end for me uh you know carrie and i have this business on the side like if i just started handing out tracks or putting John three sixteen on the back of every photo strip that we, you know, that we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, you're getting into a lot of weird space. Uh, it's actually, I don't like when people push things on me. Right. I don't like it. And I think that's very Canadian. Yep. There's just this culture for us. That's very different than, than, than the American reality of, um, you know, I think Americans, there's almost a space where they like it when you're screaming it, when they like it, when people are screaming at them and telling mm. them how awful they are as mm. human beings. Canadians don't like that. It's it it's not it's not yeah. the same thing. Like even in stores, yeah. If I go to the US, people are on me in a store to like, hey, what's going on? What do you need? Yeah. Maybe because they're gonna steal everything, but like <laughs> but in Canada it's very much the one one go. Hey, are you okay? I'm good, just looking. I'll never see anybody again. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think there are cultural sensitivities I think to it's, it. I think that's that's very accurate. And so, you know, we put, a lot of our, we put a lot of our weight in terms of what do famous pastors across the border say about how to reach people mm-hmm. or how they're doing it. And the reality is the cultural uh, nuances between American evangelicalism and Canadian evangelicalism, as, as much as it's very similar, yeah. there are very, a lot of differences. And so just even culturally between the countries, there is so much difference. And, um, and, you know, so I think we have to be sensitive to who are we reaching? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, what are the industries that we're, we're in? And uh, I think the encouraging part is that people have a role in it. Mm. It's not up to the pastor to, to, you know, preach the gospel message on the weekend and get people saved. Like that's those days, those days are gone. Yeah. And for the better, it has to be for the better. I I think because then it puts, I think it redirects where people, where the responsibility lies. It's the pastor, uh, pastor, teacher, you know, Ephesians for all of those leadership gifts. It's up to those folks to really be about encouraging the church, maturing the church and equipping the church for ministry. What's the ministry of the local church to get out of the, the, the church walls and actually share the good news of Christ with people yeah. that, uh, that you know, you do life with on a daily basis in yeah. your going. No, exactly. Make disciples. Um, yeah.
1: Well, that's good stuff.
0: It's good stuff. Cool. Well, thanks for hanging out and drinking coffee and, uh, you know, wearing a black hoodie like I am. Yeah. I don't have black jeans on though. So we're good. good. White hoodie, black hoodie. Yeah. Remember that? No, anyway, I don't actually. Anyway, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, thanks Carl for being on the podcast. I love it. Thanks, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, Also, if you want to get any other episode of this podcast, you can go to elamchurch.podbean.com. You can also download on iTunes. Just search up Elam Church. We're one of the first um, podcasts right there that you can download. You'll recognize our logo. And if you want to find out anything else about Elam, any of our programming, upcoming events, all of that stuff, go to elamchurch.ca. Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great week. And again, in your going, make disciples. Share the good news because Jesus has just been too good for us to be quiet about
1: it.